Well, good morning, Vineyard. Okay, good morning, Vineyard. You are here. You just aren't a figment of my imagination, correct? I see Mike. Mike, are you here? Mike's here. Well, Happy New Year Eve, everybody. Everyone got four hours of sleep last night, apparently. Did we celebrate New Year's yesterday? (laughs) I mean, wow. Okay. Well, we're thankful you're here. Everybody say good morning to our online community. There the cameras are on. So good to see everybody. We're going to start, we're going to celebrate New Year's. Um, We're going to do just a a prayer for the upcoming year. Uh, Marvin's going to bring a a cool message today about uh, the great hymns. And uh, obviously a time of fellowship and ministry, so we never want to forget what the Holy Spirit's doing as we do this. So, Father, we just thank you. We ask and we say, come Holy Spirit, meet us, whatever we've brought in, and maybe we're, uh, we're in that place where we're, uh, we want to say, give it to you, but we have our fists that are clenched. We just want to say, open our hands and we give that to you. We thank you, Lord, for the year. We look forward to the next year. But we want to be right here, and we want to be present with you right here and right now. So come and whisper in our ears, let our eyes see, and let our hearts feel your presence this morning. And we ask this in your name. Amen? Amen. So you can get into whatever posture you'd like. If you'd like to stand, that's great. Uh, Whatever you want to do, just mind your neighbor. And uh, we're going to start off with some music and see... Uh, just what again the Holy Spirit's doing and um, yeah let us just uh, have an anticipation of not leaving the same today Stop. 
you're looking for For God so loved For God so loved The world that He gave us His one and only Son who gave us Whoever believes in Him Will live forever The power Whoops, that's next verse Here we go. Bring all your failures, bring your addictions, come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. For God so loved, for God so so loved.
Before He spoke creation, the God of heaven knew a name. Formed in His reflection, we are His glory on display. And His heart is good, He's always kind. The cross He proved, He's on my
We are the sons. We are the sons. We are the daughters of God. No matter where we go, still the Father. And though we stumble, you will not let us fall. We are the Lord's and He will never forsake His own. We are the sons, we are the daughters of God.
that prepared we are going to start from the back and come forward Father, we lift this offering up to you and we we thank you that you were and you are a faithful God and we can look through this past year and see just your provision for all that you wanted to do and not anything that really we wanted to do. We thank you that when we ask that you hear and when we cry out and when the need is there, Lord, you always make a way. So we give this offering to you and we just, we ask that you let us and that you uh, guide us in being great stewards with the money that's given, for the prayers that are given, for the work that's given and the obedience and just this fellowship. We thank you and we praise you and we ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're just going to take a minute. I was thinking about this, but we wanted to pray and just take a minute and pray for for the beginning of this new year. Um, I don't know why this morning and even last night it came through my mind, but I'm just going to offer it up anyways that... You know, I've had years where I've just been like, man, I cannot wait <laughs> till this year's over, right? Whew. How many people have had those years, right? Really? I know, right? But there's a part of me, I'm hoping it's wisdom, or maybe it's just orderliness, but there's a wisdom there maybe that, you know, like there's been parts of 2023 that weren't so great for us. But instead of saying, man, I can't wait till it's over, why don't we ask God, what were you doing there? Or help me see what was going on. What were you, what were you maybe taking from me? Or what were you, what were you changing in me? 
Or what were the things I was holding on to that for me I thought were good, but that for you you're saying, well, maybe not so much. You know, I'll get back to you in a couple weeks and tell me how that's going for you. But I just pray too that we don't we don't look at 2024 as just the the tick of a clock tonight at midnight, and then we have this whole new year and it's like woohoo! You know what we have tomorrow, and maybe we don't even have that, right? But we have a celebration of this upcoming 2024. What I just I pray that we can take a moment and each day just be like, Lord, what would you have us do? Where would you have us go? Because corporate, like Vineyard as a church, like you make up our corporate body, God's got a plan for us. But he also has a plan for you. And the cool part, he intertwines those plans to make it all work out. So for me, those, those are the kind of things I look forward when we look at this upcoming year to say, God, what, what are you doing in my life that makes it possible for me to do what to, to for me to do the things that you'd have for this community to do in this upcoming year, right? So let's just pray. Father, you are an everlasting God. And the things you do won't grow weary and you don't grow weary. So as we go about our day to day, help us remember the good things and the challenging things of this past year. Maybe even give us some glimpses as to where you were working and why you were working and what you were doing. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that this upcoming year is new. And truly, tomorrow it's the very first of a whole another 365. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just think about Okay, Lord, what, what would you have us do? We celebrate. We celebrate our loved ones, our family. We celebrate the, the bread on our table. We celebrate the money that you bring in. We celebrate the challenges that sit before us. We celebrate just the fact that we have a God that we can pray to and that hears our prayers and is with us and never leaves us, nor does he forsake us. We do. We want the ball to drop and we want to wish Happy New Year to everybody. And I just pray, Jesus, give us an anticipation in our hearts to look forward to what's going to happen tomorrow as we look forward to this upcoming year. We do give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. 
Happy New Year. And today I want to say happy new I mean happy birthday to my baby girl. My firstborn today is her birthday. Rochelle Bishop, happy birthday. Thank you for that indulgence. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Rochelle. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Now, truth be told, I wasn't so, so happy on this day because I was in labor. So anyway, but I'm happy that my baby girl is here. So all the mothers out there know what I'm talking about. So anyway, well, welcome to the Vineyard Community Church on New Year's Eve 2023. We're so glad you could join us here at the Vineyard and all of you at home. Um, our service today is streamlined, streaming live on Facebook and also can be found on YouTube. Aren't you glad to be here this morning, y'all? Aren't you glad? Who's glad to be here this morning? All right. Wait a minute now. If that was the Browns, come on. Are y'all glad to be here or not? All right. Praise God. All right. On this New Year's Eve morning, Chaplain Marvin Gray is preaching a message entitled Great Hymns. We all like those great hymns. The Vineyard Food uh, Resource Center is closed this first week of 2024. Why not start the new year right? Come volunteer with us next week. We need y'all. We need y'all. So come. It's really a blessing. We're excited to, now, to announce our first drive-up pancake breakfast fundraiser for our outreach ministries. On Saturday, January 20th, from 9 to 11 a.m., each meal consists of two pancakes, two sausages, and eggs, and donations are accepted. It helps greatly if you order ahead. We're also seeking volunteers from each ministry area to help with cooking, setup, and cleanup. If your ministry is interested, please contact Melinda. We all know who Melinda is, but Melinda, can you raise your hand, please? All right. <laughs> Higher, they said. Okay. Also, on Saturday, January 20th, come help us take down the Christmas decorations from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. If you weren't able to help putting them up, maybe you could help them help put them away. Alexa won't, Alexa won't do that for us. We can't say Alexa put the Christmas stuff away. She won't do that. <laughs> for 2024, we're looking for a, for a volunteer four hours a week at our vineyard office. Phone, mail, and computer work. Call the church office or talk to Denise or Melinda for an interview. And now we continue to celebrate the Christmas story with coming with the coming of the Magi. With coming of the Magi. The Gracie family will come up and read Matthew two and light the Christmas candles. Gracie?
Good morning, church. Okay. The last reading of the Advent. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting in the, of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, For this is what the prophet wrote. Then, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star had, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream to not return to Herod. God bless the reading of the word. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Gracie's. So before we bring up uh, Chaplain Marvin. I'd like you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so glad you're here this morning. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're here. Now turn to the other person on the other side and say, I'm so glad you're here. Okay. God bless you. Happy New Year, everybody. God bless you. A safe and healthy New Year. I'm coming. (laughs) Well, good morning. Before we start, let us pray. Lord, we we thank you for the opportunity to be together today as we can celebrate a new year coming. And Lord, as we look back on some of the great hymns, Lord, let us take from it the, the good news that you've brought us. You take the, the message, the lessons, and all that have been uh, given to us through the years. 
And I pray that the stories of those who wrote these uh, would inspire us and that we would see uh, as you work through these great old hymns. In honor of my Father, in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Um, on uh, November 11th, a few minutes short of my dad's 99th birthday, he went to be with Jesus. And he left the great old hymns and uh, the last like uh, four weeks where he was basically bedridden, on morphine every six hours, not doing well. One of the things that comforted him was I would play, play for him some of the great old hymns. And interestingly, uh, I was talking to Cindy when we were getting the lesson ready, and she did the same thing with her father at the, when he was going through that time, too. First of all, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about my dad. He was born on uh, 11 24 It's amazing to hear those old numbers. He was a Buckeye. He was an OSU grad. Uh, he was a U.S. Navy World War II veteran. Luckily, he ended up in the service... Uh, he didn't end up overseas till literally after the war was over. He went to Panama, so he didn't go in the actual fighting, but, but he was in the service during World War II. He was married to my mom, Betty, for 74 years. 74 years. So there's a, there's a uh, something. He, he got up when my, each of my sons were, were married and said, uh, we've been married for 57 years. Here's something for you to live up to. So he always challenged them to, to stay married. He was also a church leader. He taught youth for a while. He, he led a Sunday school class. He, he led groups that traveled literally around the world. He volunteered at the 4-H, the Boy Scouts, the Troy Hospitals, uh, the Sertoma Club, which was a service club he was literally the area governor for. Uh, when they moved up here, we moved them up here to be close to us because there's, we have family in Tucson and Charlotte, and we were the only ones in Ohio. And they, they moved into the Breckenridge Village here, the, and he was a board member for a number of years at Breckenridge. But then his last year, the things that he really, really enjoyed doing was being a volunteer on the Cuyahoga Valley Railroad, being a trainman. He loved that. He volunteered over 5,500 hours with the railroad. So that was my dad. He, he, was, he was a special guy. But now we're going to go and listen and sing along to some of these great old hymns. We're going to hear the stories of people who wrote them and why they wrote them and why they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to get to sing along with Alan Jackson as he uh, plays all these songs for us. Uh, we're going to, we're, got some help from this book, 101 Hymn Stories, uh, by Kenneth Osbeck. I don't know whether we can trust him or not because he went to that school up north, <laughs> but, but I guess we're going to today. So, uh, so we're going to start... Uh, with the song, uh, The Old, Old Story. Catherine Hankin wrote it. She lived from 1834 to 1911, and when she was seriously ill, she wrote the long poem, The Old, Old Story, that the song ultimately came from. She was a member of the Clapham sect in London with William Wilberforce. Uh, this was a very evangelical group of the Anglican Church, the Church of England, and if you don't know anything about William Wilberforce, he was amazing, amazing. He was a member of parliament. He fought for 20 years in the slave trade in England. 
And if you've not seen the movie Amazing Grace, my suggestion is that you get a chance to look that up. It tells all the things that Wilberforce did, the battle that he went through. And again, the people of Clapham were the people that supported him doing all kinds of good works. They, they started the prevention of cruelty to animals, and there's literally a list of like 10 different good works that, that, that Wilberforce and the Clapham group did. Anyway, in, in her late teens, she began organizing Sunday schools for girls in London, not only taught each week, but wrote and published poems, gospel tracts to hand out to her classes. She was also very supportive of foreign ministries. So let's hear the old, old story. And you're welcome to sing along with Alan. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and His glory, of Jesus and His love. I love to tell the story because. It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus. scripture verse is Psalm 66:16. Come and hear, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. So my question is, are you hungering and thirsting to hear it? You know, sadly, uh, people that uh, attend church at this point only attend an average of two weeks out of a month. Luckily, I think we're a lot better here at the Vineyard. 
But uh, we challenge you to hunger and thirst to come and get the good news, whether it be in church service or be in a small group. Come, come and hear the good story. And here's my question. When was the last time you told someone the old, old story? When was the sometime that you shared your faith, shared the story of Jesus and his love? Our next song, our next great hymn is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And it was written by Joseph Scriven in a just an incredible story of, of that hymn. Uh, this is uh, from a, a uh, Pastor Brian Gower uh, did a, a blurb on this, and he said, The great American evangelist Dwight L. Moody incorporated the song What a Friend We Have in Jesus in our sermons, writings, and teachings. This caused many people to believe that the song is an American hymn not so, it was written by a transplanted Irishman in Canada. Joseph Scriven had wealth, education, a devoted family, and a pleasant life in his native country of Ireland. Son of a captain of the British Royal Marines, Joseph was born in Ireland in 1819. After receiving his university degree from Trinity College in London, he enrolled in the military college to prepare for an army career. However, poor health forced him to give up that ambition. Joseph then quickly established himself as a teacher, fell in love, and made plans to settle in his hometown. Then the unexpected happened. On the night before Scriven's scheduled wedding, his fiancée drowned. In deep sorrow, Joseph realized that he could only find solace and support he needed in his dearest friend, Jesus. Shortly thereafter, Scriven left Ireland to start a new life in Canada. He established a home in Port Hope where he met and fell in love with Eliza Rice. Just weeks before she was scheduled to become Scriven's bride, she suddenly grew sick. Within a matter of weeks, Eliza, Scriven's second fiancée, also had died. A shattered Scriven turned to the only thing that anchored him during his life, his faith. Through prayer and Bible study, he found not just solace, but a mission. 25-year-old Scriven dramatically changed his lifestyle. He took a vow of poverty, sold all of his earthly possessions, and vowed to give his life to the physically handicapped and financially destitute. Often he would give away his clothes and possessions to those in need and worked without pay for anyone who needed him. Scriven became known as the Good Samaritan of Port Hope. Ten years after Eliza died, Scriven received word that his mother became seriously ill. Because of his vow of poverty, Joseph did not have the money to go back home to Ireland to care for her. Heart sick, feeling the need to reach out to her, he wrote a comforting letter enclosing the words of a newly written poem with a prayer that had brief lines that would remind her of her never-failing friend. A friend of Scriven's found the poem and published it. Ironically, Scriven drowned in a Canadian lake in 1886, never seeing his song sung around the world. So let's listen to What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus All our 
sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. crazy times, but no matter what may be happening in your life, know that there is someone that is madly in love with you and always ready to meet you and bring you comfort. Matter of fact, Jesus is so in love with you that he proved it by dying for you. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater one has no one than this lay down one's life for one's friends. And Acts one fourteen said, They all joined together in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Jesus is your friend when you're not good. Jesus is your friend when the world is not good. You can trust him in all. So meet him in prayer, whether... You're being good, you're being bad, the world's being good, the world's being bad. Come and, come and meet Jesus in prayer. Our next song is Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. And it was written by E.A. Hoffman with help from Anthony Showalter. He served many churches in the Cleveland. So we have a Cleveland connection with Mr. Hoffman. He wrote over 2,000 gospel songs. He wrote Leaning on the Everlasting Arms in 1894. So let's listen to Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. What a fellowship, what a joy divinely. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine Leaning on the everlasting arms Leaning, leaning Safe 
safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning. Safe and secure from all arms. Leaning, leaning. Leaning on the everlasting arms. And our scripture is Deuteronomy 33:27. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. You can trust the Lord. He has his best for you. He will support you with his everlasting arms through it all. Our next uh, hymn is the Old Rugged Cross. George Bernard, Bernard, who wrote it, was born Youngstown, another Ohio connection. He served in the, this is for Scott, he served in the Salvation Army, and he also then became a Methodist pastor. So, again, this is George Bernard that wrote The Old Rugged Cross. He conducted revival services and wrote uh, numerous hymns. He was a ordained by the Methodist Episcopal Church, where his devoted ministry was highly esteemed. For some time, he was busily involved in conducting revival services, especially throughout the states of Michigan and New York. One time after returning to Michigan, he passed through a very trying experience which caused him to reflect seriously about the significance of the cross and what the Apostle Paul meant when he spoke of entering into the fellowship of Christ's suffering. As Bernard contemplated these truths, he became convinced that the cross was more than just a religious symbol, but rather the very heart of the gospel. Let's listen to the old rugged cross and sing along. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost. Someday for a crown 
Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So my question is, what are your trophies? Are your trophies your relationship with God? Are your trophies the people that you've shared with, that you've brought into the kingdom? Are your trophies something of the world? What are your trophies? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Are you ashamed of being a Christian, ashamed of telling others about your faith? Or do you glory in it, like the old rugged cross? First Peter 2.24 said, He himself bore our sins on his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness, for by his wounds we are healed. Our next song is... How Great Thou Art, which kind of went along with one of our uh, worship hymns today. Let's get to the right spot here. And there are two pastor, two writers here, Carl Boberg and S.K. Klein. The original Swedish text was a poem entitled O Stor Gud, written in Swedish by pastor the Reverend Carl Boberg in 1886. In addition to being one of the leading evangelistic pastors of his day, Boberg was also a successful editor of a periodical, and I can't pronounce that, <laughs> His inspiration for the text is said to have come from a visit to a beautiful country estate on the southeast coast of Sweden. He was suddenly caught in a midday thunderstorm with awe-inspiring moments of flashing violence, followed by clear, brilliant sun. 
Soon afterwards, he heard the calm, sweet songs of the birds in the nearby trees. The experience prompted the pastor to fall to his knees in humble adoration of his mighty God. He penned his exaltation in a nine stanza poem beginning with the Swedish words, Overstore good na jag ding ver skater. <laughs> Sorry, as well as I can do. Several years later, Boberg was attending a meeting in the province of Varmland and was surprised to hear the congregation sing his poem to the tune of an old Swedish melody. Then in 1933, Reverend S.K. Hine and his wife, English missionaries, were ministering to the people of Ukraine. It was there that they learned the Russian translation of Ostorkud from a congregation of Ukrainians. They remember sing, singing it. Um, excuse me. The du- the, they remembered singing it in a duet in a dark, unevangelized places and telling of the effect it had on the unsaved. The thought of writing the original lyrics to this song did not then occur to them that was to await their coming into subcarpathian Russia, where the mountain scenery was to play a part. The thoughts of the first three verses in English were born line upon line amid unforgivable experiences in the Carpathian Mountains. Thus inspired partially by the Russian words, partially by the awesome wonder of the sight of all the words, all the works thy hand hath made, the thoughts of the first two verses sprang into life in English after Reverend Hine and his wife continued evangelizing in the Carpathian Mountains and distribution of gospels in village after village, verse 3 came to being. When the war broke out in 1839, it was necessary for Reverend Hine and his wife to return to Britain. Now armed with three verses, the writer continued his gospel campaigns during the Blitz years. The fourth did not come till after the war. So let's hear the English version of how great thou art. Take me home 
Psalm 145, 3 says, Great is the Lord and worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. No one can fathom. So when was the last time that you just sat in awe and the beauty of a creation? Um, this is literally a picture from our back porch. And it's amazing that God can just show his beauty at any time. But the, the thing about now is that beauty doesn't last. It's here and it's gone. But when Jesus comes again, that beauty will last forever. When he comes and shouts of adoration and takes us home, hallelujah. Finally, our, our last hymn was maybe my dad's favorite. I remember him singing it. He gave his bad singing voice to me. <laughs> but... Uh, in the garden, and there's another amazing, amazing story about it being written. See, Austin Miles wrote over 400 hymns, and he was a pharmacist before being called to gospel music. He wrote In the Garden in March 1912, and this, again, is just another incredible story of what happened. One day in, in March 1912, I, I was seated in a dark room where I kept my photographic equipment and an organ. I drew my Bible toward me. It opened at my favorite chapter, John 20. Whether by chance or inspiration, let each reader decide. The meeting of Jesus and Mary had lost none of its power to charm. As I read it that day, I seemed to be part of the scene. I became a silent witness to the dramatic moment in Mary's life when she knelt before her Lord and cried, Rabboni! My hands were rested on the Bible where I stared at the blue light wall as the light faded. I seemed to be standing at the entrance of the garden, looking down a gently winding path, shaded by olive branches, a woman in white with head bowed, hand clasping her throat as if to choke back her sobs, walked slowly into the shadows. It was Mary. As she came to the tomb upon which she placed her hand, she bent over and looked in and hurried away. John in his flowing robe appeared, looking at the tomb, and then came to Peter, who entered the tomb, followed slowly by John. 
As they departed, Mary reappeared, leaning her head upon her arm at the tomb. She wept. Turning herself, she saw Jesus standing. So did I. I knew it was he. She knelt before him with arms outstretched, looking into his face, crying, Rabboni. I awakened in full light, gripping my Bible with muscles tense and nerves vibrating under the inspiration of this vision. I wrote quickly as the words could be formed, the poem exactly as it since appeared. That same evening, I wrote the music. Listen to In the Garden. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear falling on my ear The Son of God saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples and the one Jesus loved. They've, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the stripes of linen lying there, but not go in. 
Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight in the tomb. And he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that he had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. And at this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not realize it was Jesus. And he asked, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary? She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascended to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them all the things he had said to her. What a story. What a story. What a blessing. He appeared to Mary. He appeared to Mary first. So my question to you, do you have those special times in the, with the Lord, those intimate times in the garden that he sang about? Those intimate times like Mary had with Jesus just when he had just arose. You need to spend those times with him and revel in his goodness and his mercy. So as we finish today, my call for you for 2024 is to tell others the story of Jesus and his love, to let him bear your sins and griefs as your friend. Lean on him for your peace. Don't be ashamed of your faith in him and his sacrifice. Enjoy the wonder of his awesome greatness. And spend intimate time with him, maybe even in a garden. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for these amazing stories and these amazing words. Lord, they touch our hearts and bring us closer and closer to you. And as we start the new year, we just pray, Lord, we will be inspired to move close to you, to tell others the story, to love you and serve you. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless. Uh, service is over. If anyone would like prayer, we'd love to pray for you. And again, have a very, very happy and blessed New Year. Amen.